0: Hello, this is a podcast on what is affecting the EU in terms of policy, in terms of changes within the EU, but also, of course, the national member states. And today we're looking a little bit at, in the pandemic, what, what uh, is the role of companies? What is the role of the boards in companies? What has the effect been of the pandemic on the way um, people look at companies? And uh, with me, I have today Lena Linanma, who is secretary general of the Directors Institute for Finland, as well as being the current chair of ECoDA, which is the European Confederation of Directors' Associations. Welcome, Lena.
1: Thank you, Josena.
0: She is, of course, a great expert on corporate governance, company law, securities market law, as well, as well as women's leadership issues. And she is the vice chair of the Finnish Council of Regulatory Impact Analysis and a past chair of the European Corporate Governance Codes Net, Next War, Network. Prior to joining the Directors Institute in September 2019, she was deputy chief executive of the Finland Chamber of Commerce, where she worked since 2000. And before that, she gained more than 10 years experience in the banking sector. So you are really well qualified to talk about the experience um, of boards and and directors and the new challenges that this new era is is facing on. And really to to lead us into the subject, I would like to go and, and speak a little bit about a trust survey that the Edelman Trust does each year, where they do a survey of consumers around the world and look a little bit at what what their trust is in society, and also in uh, in, in which parts of society they have more trust or less. What they've seen this year, and I thought that was really very interesting in this pandemic era, is that consumers and employees really want to have a seat at the table. And they want to have the power to force companies to change. And they're more likely now than a year ago, pre-pandemic, let's say, to voice their objections to management or engage in a workplace protest. And that's quite surprising. They also see that the CEO must lead on societal issues and to speak out on the pandemic impact and on job automation. Um, And that, again, it's, it's, it's it's a sign of the times. People want to know what's happening to them. Businesses are expected to fill the void left by governments. So 63%, which is which is a large percent of the of the respondents in this survey said that CEOs should step in when governments do not fix societal issues. But companies, do they have that democratic accountability? Can they take the, 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 the place of governments? And again, um, societal issues are are really an important part also of the new sustainability agenda as we look in in Europe to changing in a very big way the way um, society the economy functions for bettering the globe and climate change but also in terms of um, issues on for example um, supply chain where we see where we supply ourselves from from countries which have democratic issues or other issues. And really it, it it shows that, you know, companies have really got a new responsibility, uh, but are they able to cope with it? So my first question to you, Lena, is the pandemic has brought along a corporate governance challenge um, because for example, Uh, Even in the way annual general meetings are held, they're being held online. But do shareholders get the opportunity to voice all their concerns in an online meeting? It's much more concentrated. It's less easy to have that debate. That is just one challenge. But what other challenges has this pandemic brought uh, to company boards?
1: Well, it has not been easy. And some companies have found it easier to cope with than. Others, But one clear uh, outcome is that, of course, the virtual meetings, they are efficient, everybody has taken them, but difficult issues and innovation, they suffer, uh, because the technicalities, reporting, etc., they go just okay. But if there is something that requires proper discussion, This is what we are hearing quite a bit from our members, that that is not going so well, so boards are really looking forward to virtual meetings, but it may happen that in the future some meetings will be uh, virtual, those covering more or less reporting, and then strategic meetings will uh, will happen definitely as live meetings. But one question is that, has there been enough uh, renewal in boards this spring? Because uh, selecting new members to boards, onboarding them, is not really easy in, in this remote environment. So it may happen that next spring we're going to see more renewal. And uh, to have very much uh, change at one moment might be a challenge also. So so it will be exciting to see if there is a a huge change next next year on boards, especially if companies have found out that not all have been agile enough uh, to cope with the difficulties with the digitalization for example we we are aware that some companies have been doing very very well have been able to uh, digitalize their functions But those who were not that good, there there may be a huge gap in some companies. They are lagging much more behind than they were behind the pandemic. So, of course, sector by sector, company by company, board by board, and the chair, of course, has a huge role. Has she or he been able able to really lead the board so that everybody participates fully, even, even in virtual meetings? So that so is how got, I would wrap it up. Uh, that, that's key. This, this,
0: the, the the ability to participate. We've seen, of course, in in the online world we live in, um, how two dimensional it is because we're not able to to reach out uh, in a more in, informal way. So our relationships have become more formal. Uh, this also might impact us. It, it it has impacted the sort of changing of of. Of, of the staffing, let's say, of boards, of bringing in new members, but also the sustainable finance agenda at the EU, for example, has thrown a very big challenge to boards because new qualifications are needed different qualifications. Boards are expected to pull up to this new agenda, which through the EU taxonomy is extremely challenging. Um, and now, of course, we, we have we have a new piece of legislation which, which is out for, for consultation, which is uh, really going to impact very much. And that is, of course, the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, or the CSRD, as we call in in, sh- in short language. Um, how will that impact boards? Um, We did a COVID survey and our members worldwide, and of course our members are uh, finance professionals, not companies responding in their own right. They believe um, that regulators have been actually being very sort of forward looking in this crisis um, and that is important so there's been much more of a forward planning and proactive stance of regulators and I think that shows in the sustainability agenda Um, and I think that that really is is very important but again also um, sometimes too much too much intervention is is really uh, is is, is also highlighted and ESG, members think it's it's a structural industry trend. Um, but they do not see it as a key risk for regulators. So they, they see it as, as being really a crucial and it and definitely is there to stay, which of course is very much particularly an EU view, and perhaps not so much in other areas of the world. So again, Lena, how has how the CSRD and the EU sustainability agenda impacted boards? Um, what changes can we expect to see in the way they operate?
1: Yosina, the, the way that I am seeing this whole situation and, and especially through our members and, and the discussions that we are, we are having is that there has been a change going on for several several years now, market driven actually. So it is it, the change has not started with the legislative effort. Of course, uh, there are, it will bring changes if, if, the, if there will be new directives. But the thing is that uh, customers, consumers, the media, and especially investors are putting much more emphasis now on sustainability issues. Everybody knows that there is a climate change. And it is a serious thing. It is the most serious thing that we are facing. Values are changing in many, many ways. And what what I'm seeing in my work is that some years ago, CSR reporting was something that there was a specialist to do nice, shiny reports. And it was not really that much having to do something with the strategic issues of the company. This has totally changed so sustainability is a core strategic issue now for many companies i'm not saying this is happening in every company in every country that is clear that there are differences but it is happening to a large extent and when i think of directors institute finland a quarter of our events for several years now has been on relating to sustainability issues and our members take it as a natural thing, so nobody's thinking about what, what are you doing, because it is a strategic business issue now. So so um, we're seeing very interesting things from uh, investors, uh, uh, large investors are saying, saying that, for example, you have to tie... Remuneration to a sustainability issue. So it is very exciting now, especially with the Shareholders' Rights direct, uh, Directive amendments, bringing uh, remuneration policy, policies and reporting uh, to the AGMs that uh, uh, which companies are doing this and which are not. And there will be a lot of public discussion about that. So this is... Uh, and, and I'm hearing from remuneration consultants now as of now that they are getting now very many assignments, how to build uh, sustainability criteria into the remuneration issue. So of course there is this ongoing directive work there, but actually the change is happening more rapidly as a market-driven thing. One of the problems of course is that, are the uh, customers walking the talk? It is very easy to say in surveys that, We want sustainability, we value it, but are they willing to pay for it? So this is something that is now very difficult for company boards. Are you going too far, too quickly uh, in this topic? Are you going to to make it? or, or Because you need to, you cannot go bankrupt because that is not sustainable. Uh, as, as for the directive, uh, there are many, uh, well, the two directives, if, if we are talking about the uh, uh, sustainable corporate governance effort, there are many, uh, many problems with it. If we talk talking about uh, stakeholders' role in, in governance, if there is a, um, a regulated role, which stakeholders should we be talking about. For example, if there is a factory closure, do you ask employees of that factory, do they want this factory to be closed? Or do you ask the other factory, their employers might say that, yes, please close the other factory and keep ours running. You ask environment people, do you want this factory to be closed they say yes we want all factories to be closed so so the, the, this is something that is very in, in, interest, inter, interesting uh, will the European Commission the European Union understand that if a company is not taking stakeholders opinions relevant stakeholders opinions and views into account it will not survive on the long term but if Legislation will build structures that will make it possible to have legal issues, for example, court cases that may be very, very difficult. I have been even quoted that a company who is now rated among actually top 10 globally in in some sustainability indices for making making change, that that there were stakeholders who were against change actually some employees may have been even against the change because they were afraid. So they would probably not have been able to do this huge sustainability leap if it had happened that uh, stakeholders would have been able to challenge in court a decision to make a big change. So so um, we're very worried about the sustainable corporate governance uh, agenda. As as we're also seeing that um, expertise on sustainable issues, there needs to be, it needs to be linked with finances also, with business operations. So if there is a quota for sustainability expert on on boards, what is the definition? Because it is very important that it is tied to the business, business issues. But we're seeing tremendous change. For example, here in Finland, remuneration committees in several, quite many listed companies have been changed to personnel committees to involve a larger scope, not just the top level tier of remuneration, but the personnel issues on on a larger scope. But one thing that is important is data and comparable data. This is of course something that the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Direct could could have a very large role to, especially if the EU would concentrate on how uh, to get reliable comparable data regarding sustainability issues from companies so that greenwashing could be avoided. And of course, Data not from only from companies but also from from the public sector. This is omitted from the discussion actually quite a bit. There are of course risks to it. Also, what, what timeline is realistic? SMEs uh, is uh, is. Is the threshold too low? Because very many companies are very small. Even listed companies, in my jurisdiction, we have companies on the stock stock exchange main list that are of uh, value of maybe even only 5 million euros. The whole company value that low. So how uh, how much resources do they have for extensive reporting? Whereas multinationals, of course, reporting requires resources from them, but is not unrealistic that they are able to do, do it. So even large investors have been commenting that it is very difficult to get comparable data, to really understand which companies are are working working sustainably so that it is true. And, and this is something that the European Commission should be working on more and not to concentrate on the company Corporate governance structures. What seems to be ha- happening at the moment?
0: Yeah, I think you you raise a lot of a very important point, points. and I'm, I'm I'm going to take you now a little bit to you highlighted some of the the changes in the sort of the relationship between employees and and the and the boards by having the remuneration committee merging into the personnel committee, and I think that it, it is interesting to see also how the relationships between management employees and and let's say the supervisory board um, are changing. What would you like to highlight further on this? Because of course, some of the financial users and shareholders associations have been pushing for more employee participation, not only um, for getting them more engaged with companies, but also because um, it would be a way to stimulate share ownership. It would stimulate a, a, a bit better equity culture, which is something that is crucial to get capital markets union in in the EU moving along, Uh, so it has not just an impact on the company itself, but also on broadening um, an equity culture and and stimulation participation in the capital markets.
1: This is a very important topic and and of course there are many solutions how to to work on it. In in some countries of course we know that there has been employee representation on boards for many years, whereas in other countries not. Uh, What I would suggest, and and I would not even oppose legislation on it, that uh, large companies should tell publicly, be transparent how they are organising the dialogue with employees. There are many ways, of course, board board membership or representation on executive team, there could be some council, there could be a, a person responsible on the board for, for the dialogue, but it's important to tell that we find that the company tells it is important because in the future no company will survive if they don't value their employees there is a uh, there is even currently lots of problems of finding suitable capable uh, em- em- employees work- workforce issues and pan- the pandemic is not making it any any easier so this is something that companies should be if they are not thinking about it. they should be thinking about how, how to work on it and actually uh, one of the large uh, employee unions, I'm uh, uh, sorry, employers, uh, uni- unions recently published in Finland the recommendation that the company tells how to do it meaningfully, not just some, you know, whitewashing thing, but but really meaningfully, how, how the di- dialogue is uh, con- conduct- conducted. And um, Because there are many ways to do it. I don't think a a one-size-fits-all solution should be taken. But every company should think about it, be transparent about it. And then it is up to the stakeholders, owners, to to see if they accept this. Is it good enough? Is the company doing well enough? Can they retain their employees? Which is a big issue now, especially because the younger career-oriented people seem to have like two three years only in one company then they change this is getting the cycle is getting faster and companies really need to work it so that they can retain their employees as for the board succession planning has been a weak point maybe in some some companies they should be more involved not just with the CEO, but definitely at least with the executive executive team, and to make sure that the succession planning for the company leader, leadership is is done on a professional manner, and that the, the whole board is follow, following uh, extensively the possibilities from within the co- company. Because in in some companies this is working very well, but in others, maybe maybe with a strong CEO who wants to be guarding <laughs> guarding and and to be the key person in every contact with, with the board that might be a little bit uh, of, of, of an issue. So so the board should really consider that its succession planning on the level that it should be in, in, in this company.
0: Thank you Lena and I'm, I'm going to dig down with you for my last question into an actual case which I found very interesting and which we've referred to in our recent study on ESG disclosures and corporate governance in the EU, which you can find on our website. Danone, um, as a company, of course, it's a food company, produces many different uh, types of foods, French, um, and it included last year um, a social mission in its legal status, which was one of the first times that we, we've we've really seen that in in France. Very laudable within the new sustainable agenda to say you have a purpose for the good of society, which is also something that is widely being talked about also for the finance industry to repurpose for the good of society. But ever since that repurposing, its shareholders have been criticizing the organization's corporate governance structure and its policy, not thinking enough about the shareholders, not being clear in its business plan. And really, what what does the company need to, to think of when it wants to implement a social mission. It is very hard because you, you you need to make changes and sometimes those changes might not be perceived in the right way by shareholders. So how do you address that issue?
1: This is a very important topic and also a very difficult one. First of all, uh, companies are not charitable missions. And if, if, if the owners have invested money, money in them, they are not expecting to lose their money. So, how to combine profitability with the social mission and how far is the social mission going? So, this is something that companies and their owners need to be very careful about, because also, uh, not only in the long term, but the companies need to survive also in the short term. If, if they're thinking that, OK, within 30 years, we will be fine, but there is no financing until the 30 years ha- have passed, it's, it's not going to happen. The societal mission will not actually be realized. So, uh, so this is something that the company needs to find that is the mission realistic? Is it something that actually the customers are valuing and are willing to pay for it? And this is something that I return to, are the customers walking the talk to which extent? So there needs to be data from from the customers, customer satisfaction uh, and, and a company that is doing this sort of work needs to do surveys, needs, needs to make comparisons with competitors because this is not something that cannot, uh, can happen lightly because otherwise the company will will not, not, not survive. And of course the decision-making level is this something that is incorporated into the articles of association requiring uh, qualified majority in the AGM? How clearly is it written? Uh, is everybody understanding what is going on? Is there enough transparency? And, and how about uh, if you set a mission, how are you following up? Uh, how is it working? How are we going to survive? Are we still making money? Money And this is something that has to be really carefully th- thought, and, uh, thought out. And if not, it will of course definitely end, end, in tr- end in trouble. There are of course many investors who want sustainability targets and actually very many companies are now setting climate targets. And I haven't seen any criticism against that. So this is something that, 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 that is very much, much accepted, but if uh, if the mission goes so far that the investors don't really understand what is going on, what the structure is, how is it connected to the business that we're doing, and are we going to ever get any dividends, or are we able to sell and keep uh, get the get our money money back if we don't accept it? This is something that that is is in the in the bottom of this, and of course it is excellent to have have examples and 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 follow the follow this, but. Um, one needs to be careful, also, not to not to get into a chaotic situation with the owners, because that, in that case, there can be surprises in AGM, and, and uh, that that would, would not be something that that we wish, wish for. But also, also on the other hand, if, if the company is not following the trends, not understanding what the society changes are, the uh, the climate change, value change if they're lagging behind, uh, it can ha- happen that the AGM does not uh, accept what the, the board proposals were. We had a very, uh, there's been a very interesting example this this week, and I'm talking of Exxon AGM in the United States. Actually, one of our members at DIF was actually elected to this board and, and she has a background in, in business, and sustainability uh, biofuel fuels not using food as, as a bio but uh, but make it, uh, building building a uh, real sustainability in an energy sector company and and th- it was very interesting to see this that the owner with less than one percent ownership was able to activate large owners such as Blackrock and others to join the mission that there needs to be serious target setting in companies. And and this less than 1% owner was able to get uh, directors elected to the board against the company's wishes. So this is something that that companies need to follow up and understand that if they they are not working in a way that the majority of their shareholders in today's attitudes understand there may be surprises but on the other hand not go so fast that the profitability will suffer and the company ends, ends up in difficulties. So I don't have a very good answer to this, there are many sides to this but I, 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 I hope that we will be seeing very excellent examples in the future how this can work out to the to the benefit of everybody.
0: Thank you, Lena. And I think you've, uh, I have three conclusions. One is mice can roar as big as lions. So small time shareholders can roar as big as the large shareholders. And I think that's an important thing. Walk the talk for everyone, not just the companies, but uh, the shareholders, uh, governments, everybody needs to walk the talk now. And lastly, talk, really talk, dialogue, listen to each other. And um, I think I, I thank you very much for some of the examples, but also your very balanced view between between all sides that have made this a very very interesting talk. Thank you very much, Lena. Thank you. Thank you.